uh, to talk about the latest on the uh, landscape of being a landlord, especially with the ongoing eviction moratorium, which is, what, like a year and a half now? Uh, so, uh, Stella, thanks for taking time with us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Uh, let's pipe you through here. And uh, how are we doing out there as being a landlord in Springfield? Good morning. Hey, good morning, Greg. Thanks for having me on. Uh, to answer your question, it's been challenging, very challenging. So what are some of the major challenges? Of course, you've got the ongoing eviction moratorium. There are legal uh, cases been brought for, uh, you know, the, the, the state moratorium. Uh, there's also a case challenging the federal moratorium. Uh, tell me about your members. What have they been able to do in the past year and a half to, to make ends meet? Most of our members um, have been simply getting additional lines of credit. Uh, some have made decisions to sell their properties to large commercial entities within the United States, uh, which is something we really don't want to see because when these uh, large corporations come in, they're not community-based. Uh, many of our landlords and touch, touch on uh, that a little bit further, if you mm-hmm. could, Stella, um, because we hear a lot about some of these big, uh, big firms going out and buying up a lot of uh, smaller residential private property. Um, is that is that something that you're seeing a lot here in Springfield? Certainly, I would not say a lot, but we are seeing some of that, and that's because landlords have lost so much of their income, and they have no other ways of getting a line of credit, any lines of credit extensions, anything. So they really have no choice but to try to sell their property in bulk. Stella Dean joins us. She is a board member of the Springfield Area Realtors or the Springfield Area Landlord Association. Uh, and uh, characterize some of the, uh, the the association members. Are they uh, do they have multiple properties like five, six, seven, or do they just have like one or two? Uh, what we traditionally hear is called like mom and pop landlords. I would definitely say throughout the surveys we've conducted with our members, about half of our members would be defined as mom and pop, and that would be our definition. So three or less um, properties for um, rental, and uh, the other majority probably own you know up to ten or fifteen, and then. No, we have some very large um, owned properties, you know, like 100 or more. We have many of those landlords. So you definitely have a mix, um, but uh, it's obvious that they, I would imagine the smaller um, uh, landlords with, uh, with fewer properties are probably struggling quite a bit. Uh, tell me about uh, the assistance that's been offered. Of course, we had a window closed for people to apply, but... Uh, what are you hearing from uh, local landlords when it comes to uh, their ability to get that taxpayer-backed assistance to help with uh, paying the rent for their tenants that haven't paid rent for a long time? Uh, are they having problems? Are they not getting that money? Are they having problems cooperating with the tenants? Uh, tell us a bit about that. That's a great question. We have had several rental assistance programs available to um, our residents who've been impacted by covid the main issue that we have seen is the number of residents that will apply but not complete the process. Uh, and then there's a large number of residents that will not apply because they do not meet the economic guidelines. So they're simply just taking a, 
advantage of the eviction moratorium. And then there's a number of residents who do not apply because they knowingly are owing for damages they've committed during this eviction moratorium and know that they're either going to be responsible for the, for the damages at some point. So they're just kind of waiting it out. They're not even applying because they see it as a benefit only to the landlord. And then there's quite a few residents who are not applying because they're not in compliance with their lease agreement. And they're just writing it out. And, you know, for that, not, you know, complying with a lease agreement, that could be they've moved people in who we've not been able to do a background check in on, uh, or they have an authorized pet. And as a housing provider, my insurance requires me to provide leasing, lease information to them. Who is there? What due diligence have I conducted for that property to show that I'm, you know, responsible uh, property owner and not uh, going to cause them an issue. I can't imagine what it's been like for uh, landlords over the past year and a half, uh, not just dealing with the uncertainty of whether or not they're going to get rent, uh, but also having to deal with uh, all the ins and outs of uh, eviction law and uh, with the moratorium ongoing. Uh, Stella, I hope to touch base with you again in the future here so we can uh, talk further about uh, all of the uh, the obstacles that uh, local landlords who are providing affordable housing for tenants uh, across the area uh, and, uh, and the different types of uh, issues that they're facing. So uh, please do stay in touch, all right? We'll talk soon. Okay, thanks a lot, Greg. Have a good day.